One of the biggest threats to the church is something that we call spiritual warfare. How do we as the church locally and individually navigate that, recognize spiritual warfare, and actually get prepared to face spiritual warfare as the people of God? That's what we're talking about today. You're listening to Above Approach Church Podcast, a podcast created for the local church. Our goal is to tackle tough church issues through thoughtful conversations like the one you're about to hear. Whether you're a church leader or a layperson, we pray this episode empowers you to play your role within the global, timeless family of God. This is Above Approach Church Podcast. Big T Coppinal, we back. <laughs> a little housekeeping. Room service. Uh, for you guys that don't know, you can actually rate this podcast or wherever you listen to, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and we encourage you slash ask that you would please help us get this podcast out to more listeners who need to hear this content by just yep. rating it. Let your podcast platform know, I like this. And they'll say, good, more people will like it too. Yep. And then you can also share this. Please do. I'm sure there are people in your community and sphere of influence that could really, really use specific episodes and content that gets released every Tuesday mm-hmm. from Above Reproach Church Podcast. So today's topic is spiritual warfare. It might sound very general. It is an umbrella t- term in some senses. Mm-hmm. You can just say, spiritual warfare, it's always the devil. But we want to <laughs> get down to the nitty-gritty and the details of what spiritual warfare looks like in the local church, in our lives, uh, in our families, all this kind of stuff. So we want to learn how to navigate it. We want to learn how to discern through it, how to recognize spiritual warfare in our lives, and to actually be prepared for that as well. And so we have a few questions that we'll be talking through today. First one that comes to me is what does spiritual warfare most commonly look like in the life of the local church? You know, when it comes to both the individual, Tanner, Mm -hmm. and the congregation collectively, what does spiritual warfare most commonly look like? It doesn't mean it always Mm. looks like this, but from what you've experienced, from what I've experienced, from what we've seen in the church world and, and being in ministry for a number of years, what are some of the the ways that you've seen spiritual warfare really play out yeah. in the life of the church as you've been a part of it. Yeah, I think for me, the first thing that kind of came to mind just from, I think mostly from personal experience, has been um, the disagreements on open-handed issues, uh, which, like, you and I can kind of define that, but, um, you know, these open-handed issues tend to be things um, as non-salvation-deterring issues, if that makes sense. So you're not going to lose your salvation over this, you know, thought or presupposition or pre-understanding on this subject. Um, But, you know, it usually comes in uh, decision-making for events and Sunday morning worship, uh, how we organize certain things within the church, you know, in church leadership. So in a congregational um, kind of aspect of it, I think these open-handed issues um, or, you know, beliefs are usually the things that I see a lot of division on. Interesting. So spiritual warfare, in your estimation, can come through uh, where we stand on doctrine. Yeah. Yeah. Doctrine can be a huge point of spiritual warfare. I think we should even define spiritual warfare as we navigate this. Um, A definition that comes to me, let me think through this. Spiritual warfare is 
maybe the enemy's intent to stop um, the plan of God, the kingdom mm-hmm. of God, the people of God from moving forward. Yeah. So any, I would say, opposition against the king, his kingdom, and his agenda in the mm-hmm. lives of his people. That can play out in our flesh. Mm-hmm. That can be temptation. Yeah. That can be stupid, petty disagreements among brothers right. and sisters. Uh, that can be distractions. Mm-hmm. That can be habits that keep us crippled and from playing our role in the body. So all these different ways. Um, when I think of spiritual warfare, especially in the church gathering kind of yeah. thing, um, I being on the, on the back end of things, being on the planning side of things in sure. the service and being there on time to, to, to make sure worship is ready and, and the church is getting all opened up and signs mm-hmm. are out for the church. When I think of the Sunday service context, Spiritual warfare often comes through those small things that mm. can become more important than actually leading people into the presence mm. of God. It's more about appearance. It's more about sound. It's more about mm. presentation. It's more about being on time and punctuality. And those mm. things have a place. But when they start to frustrate what God wants to do in that time among his people, when that starts mm. to detour people from what matters most, and now it's like, well, what matters most is that we give people a product that looks good so mm. they want to keep coming, so they want to keep hearing about Jesus, as opposed to we just want to honor God as best and authentically as we possibly can. Yeah, I think that can be a form of spiritual warfare because you're distracting from what God wants to do in his people. Right. And you're making secondary things ultimate priority. I mean, when I used to serve in a local Baptist church, right. one of the biggest points of attack, I think, uh, would would be that um, I would be concerned again with how people thought about me. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't able to really serve them and really yeah. play my role and really like love them and, and build them up and use my gifts because I was concerned on a fleshly level mm. with how I sounded and, and what they thought about me. So I think spiritual warfare can happen. We often like make everything an issue of spiritual warfare yeah. where it's like, ah, spiritual warfare, flat tire. Hey, you just didn't actually check the tire pressure <laughs> and you let it go for years, you know, without yeah. actually addressing it. Uh, sp- it's spiritual warfare. That's why we're late to church. You're late to church because mm. you, you snoozed your alarm nine times. Yeah. And so not everything is spiritual warfare by right. definition and opposition against the right. king, his kingdom and his plans in, in his people's lives. Um, and so why do you think most believers are so prone to missing or not recognizing spiritual warfare going on around them in their life. So mm. when I, as a believer, walk into a Sunday service, when I, as a believer, am just sitting in my home doing my everyday normal tasks, when I, as a believer, am at work, mm. how? why is it, do you think, that believers simply miss yeah. the reality of spiritual warfare going on around them, which is mm-hmm. that their flesh, the world, the enemy, and even the people who yeah. are against God are trying to interrupt what God wants to do in their life. Yeah. Why do we miss it? Why do, what do you think that is? You know, I think for, like, in any relationship, Jay, I really think that there's there's always um, miscommunication, right? Um, there's also just, there's some people that, that miss what's going on because they're focusing on something else. Um, you know, some of it may be intentional, some of it may be non-intentional, you know? So, um, I guess the reason why, you know, some people can miss out on the spiritual warfare that's going on within their local context is because maybe they're not, you know, focused in that realm as much as they, you know, you might think. So, 
like in a marriage, if you really think about it, like there's situations where, you know, one spouse will say to the, you know, to the other, um, I'm seeing this in our relationship. I'm seeing this broken area. I'm seeing this area we need to work on, but the other person doesn't see it. Like we see that in many marriages and even failed marriages where it actually leads to a divorce. And so, um, which again, that, you know, that's another form of spiritual warfare, right? Um, you know, even within the home. So, it may be non-intentional, right? But then there's also other things, you know, or other situations where it actually might be intentional, where I just want to overlook this issue. I want to overlook this problem because for me, at least in my mind, it's not important for me to look at. So that's a way to look at it for sure. Mm-hmm. So it's, at least from what you've said, what mm-hmm. I've gathered is that people miss it because they're they're reasoning through life on a purely physical level. Mm-hmm. They're seeing with their physical eyes in a purely worldly sense. Yeah. They're evaluating what's going on in their life on a purely physical, worldly, temporary level. Mm-hmm. And spiritual warfare doesn't always come in the form of a demon knocking on your door trying to get you to worship Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't always have to involve a demon or an unclean spirit trying to mm-hmm. get its way into your life. It can just be simply Galatians 5 you're choosing not to walk by the Spirit and instead give in to the things of the flesh. Because the flesh, and we talked about this prior, the flesh is always at odds with the Spirit and vice versa. Mm. So technically, on in just in that category of thinking, mm-hmm. spiritual warfare is always going on, whether I'm aware of it or not. Yeah. Even when I am choosing to do the things that God has called me to, yeah. there is still that, hey, sin is crouching at the door. Mm-hmm. Your sinful nature is right there to try and get you to stop hmm. or to try and get you out of that. And so if you think about it like that, even on a fleshly level, my body doesn't want to do the things of God. Romans 6 says, present your members mm. to righteousness instead of the fleshly tendency to disobey God. That's a choice on a moment-to-moment basis, yeah. how I use my mouth, how I use my eyes, how I use my hands and feet, yeah. what I choose to engage in and watch and listen to, even those on just a physical level, that is a form of spiritual warfare. It's not right. always this, the church divided because someone didn't really fix the sound system like they said. You know, mm. it's, it's sometimes it's, it's more subtle, and I think people miss it because they're choosing to think, or they they don't even know they're choosing to think like this, but they think spiritual warfare is always this grand thing that I'll recognize. Mm. I'll spot it when I see it. Yeah, when they're missing the small, like uh, Old Testament talks about, it's the small foxes that get in and start to ruin, mm. you know, the vineyard and the produce. It's yeah. the small things that really we need to learn how to recognize is in fact spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. But we don't need to demonize it and go, there's a demon. It's yeah. actually <laughs> your flesh, the world, yeah. the enemy, the people who are against yeah. God can play a role in that spiritual warfare. You know, and here's actually another thing too, is like in our context of ministry, we have goals, we have aspirations, right? And those things can actually be the very thing that are distracting you from the situations that are going on right now with spiritual warfare. Like I think about, uh, just for example, like there's, you know, with a youth group, you come together, your leaders meet, and you're talking about different goals. It's with events, it's with, you know, what you want to accomplish on a, on a Wednesday night, you know, whatever night it's on. Um, and you have these ideas and these grand ideas, right, that like everybody wants to bring to the table. And I think that's where like this 
slight spiritual warfare can come into the picture is because all these people have different ideologies, all these people have different plans, theologies, that they're all trying to unify as one group, right? And I think that's that's a big part of how spiritual warfare can start planting seeds within your context is because you have goals, aspirations, dreams, all these different things that you want to accomplish, and you're focusing on those things so much that you're missing out on different small issues that you haven't covered yet, right? Like different divisions, different, you know, disagreements, things like that that are happening within your local context. That's a good point that spiritual warfare, at least for, for you, spiritual warfare yeah. seems to be divisive in nature. Mm-hmm. It is what separates and isolates people from the rest of the church. Mm-hmm. It causes divisions. It makes these categories, I'm with Apollos, I'm with Peter, I'm with Paul. Mm. Instead of, hey, we're all for Christ and these secondary theological issues or these differences in music or these differences mm. in how service should function, mm-hmm. you know, they don't ultimately detour from what we have in common being Christ. Right. And so, yeah, maybe that is a way to also recognize spiritual warfare. It is, it, it is what goes against the spirit and his mm-hmm. purpose in the church, That's good. which is to unify, to promote love, to mm-hmm. edify. So if I am doing something or being tempted to do something that goes against the unity and the right. love of the church, then I, in, in some sense I'm starting to give into mm-hmm. or play uh, on the wrong side of spiritual warfare instead of fighting against yeah. it. And so when it comes to spiritual warfare uh, in the church, in my own personal life, in my mm-hmm. family, in my household, yeah. There's a lot of ways that can be expressed and it can manifest. It's not just one way, but the way you say it is helpful because we often think of like, I had nightmares last night, spiritual warfare, or Mm. I really gave into that sinful addiction again, spiritual warfare. And yes, that's it. But also it's the pastor who's so consumed with preaching the right thing Mm. that he's ignoring the needs of his congregation Mm. and the fact that there are people who are at odds and fighting and there's theological differences and he's not choosing to address that. What's ultimate is to promote love and edify. He's like, I just got to nail this this, this sermon. I got to get it all outlined and Mm -hmm. finished and perfect. And that's like the focus of his his, his attention yeah. is to nail that down at the expense of his people, uh, at least playing a role in helping his people to be unified and, mm. and love each other. And I've seen that happen. I've seen that happen where it's like, Pastor, do you not see what's happening and, and yeah. the disagreements that are happening? And I'm not saying you can solve it all or even sure. speak into all of it, but can you play some part of the solution uh, and come in and help foster you know unity and encouragement? Instead of just being so, I guess, having tunnel vision on just you mm-hmm. and your sermon, spiritual warfare can be a neglect of priorities where you're occupied with what you think is best and ultimate, and God's actually calling you to, hey, go address the people right now. Yeah. You're like, no, I got to nail down the outline. Mm-hmm. That could be a form of you know, yeah, subtle you, spiritual you, warfare. You could be missing out on your purpose. You could be missing out on on your calling and, and what God is calling you to, like, Although you might have good intentions to do one good thing, um, God could be calling you to just to do something different. Like you had said, like if if there's an issue going on within the church and the and the pastor neglects that, I mean they're they're supposed to be pastoring, not just preaching, right? So um, I think that that could be a problem. You're missing out on maybe in your mind or in your eyes small issues, right? But they all lead to one you know big thing. Like it can cause a bigger issue within the church. So. It can. That's what needs to be addressed is the things that we consider small can lead to something big and we need to be careful. Um, Someone brought up the question on the YouTube channel, which by the way, go check out our YouTube channel. 
how can we talk to others about the topic of spiritual warfare and bring it up mm. uh, in conversation without it being weird or inappropriate or untimely? Yeah. Especially without bringing it up too much. Sure. How can we talk to others about, I think, when you <laughs> spend your life hunting demons oh, and you just spend your life going after the darkness yeah. instead of like embracing and loving the light. And when darkness comes knocking on your door, you resist that. Mm-hmm. I think that's also what poses an issue. People don't want to be around you if you're just going to bring up the demons all the time. Right. It's uncomfortable. It's weird. It's awkward. And you go, mm-hmm. no, it's necessary. Not all the time. Yeah. It's it's not the right time. It's not the right person. They're mm-hmm. not in the right frame of mind to receive what you're saying. Stop it. Yeah. Because there are some people who just want to talk about the spiritual warfare going on in the world, in government, and the demons yeah. behind the political leaders. And, <laughs> I, let's just talk about immediately that. Immediately, I think of the, the Michael Jordan meme where it says, stop it. Get some help. <laughs> stop it. Get some help. <laughs> This is some pastors need to just like their yeah. sermon just needs to be that meme on the projector screen for an hour and and they just say congregation let's just look at that yeah just look at that for a minute for an hour for an hour let's look mm-hmm. at that for an hour mm-hmm. stop it because there is a way to talk about these things and there's a way to not so um, I would say how can we talk to others about the concept of spiritual warfare make sure it's helpful yeah make sure it's not just you wanting to cram it down people's throats and make it th- that conversation happen sure. if 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 some if if Sally down the road comes to your house and she starts talking about how her kids are in homeschool and you're like mm-hmm. did you know there's a demon behind Joe Biden that that's that's completely out of left field no you caught her off guard she just came to talk about her kids and get some yeah. help for homeschooling yeah. and you got to bring up all the demons in the world yeah. stop it get some help <laughs> yeah. you know spiritual warfare yeah. While it is a reality that is ongoing, it doesn't always have to be on my lips. Yeah. I can I can fight back spiritually by just choosing to walk by the Spirit. You know what that means? Demonstrating the fruits of the Spirit. Mm. Because apparently in Galatians 5, what he defines as spiritual warfare is the flesh and the Spirit are at odds. So mm. instead of doing what the flesh wants, produce what the Spirit will by walking by Him. They mm. just choose to walk by the Spirit. Demonstrate mm. patience. Demonstrate compassion. Yeah. Choose to love. And that's not me, you know, straining to do that myself. It's me leaning into Christ and leaning on His Spirit to mm. make that happen. Yeah. Um, but He wants to produce in me what is contrary to the flesh. So, if spiritual warfare is causing unnecess- unnecessary divisiveness yeah. and discomfort in people... And everyone, like, when they see you coming down the hall, they're like, oh, here comes Paul. Mm. Run. Then Mm. maybe you should not bring it up so much and just let the Spirit lead that into the conversation naturally. Put put yourself in a position where you can have fruitful conversations. Like, because I think when you you bring out your flesh, because we do that, like, we'll ill-intentionally, sometimes intentionally, you know, bring out... The flesh in us where, you know, we have an opinion, we have an idea, we have all these different things, but then it, all it does is it, it doesn't edify, it actually tears down. It doesn't build up, it, it, it's, it's deconstructing, you know, the plans the, of, of God and what he has in your, in your context. So give yourself an opportunity to have fruitful conversations, not just to cram something down someone's throat. Yeah, it has to be the right time. And it ha- I would say... If you sense that the Spirit of God is leading you 
to bring that up mm-hmm. or to talk about how maybe their child's depression is more spiritual in nature and maybe you know there's some spiritual warfare going on do that yeah but when you just you're waiting you're like lurking in the bushes like a creepy little raccoon waiting for the opportunity mm-hmm. come on i'm waiting for spiritual warfare just give me just give me something mm-hmm. to bring it up mm-hmm. that's weird no one wants that people don't want to hang out with you if you're going to do that so yeah. just make sure that Whenever you desire to bring it up, it's for the benefit of another, yeah, um, and not just to exercise and flex with with the knowledge you have. Mm-hmm. Look how spiritual I am. I always recognize spiritual warfare. I would I but, would say that's actually a lot of like what the Pharisees would do. That's what it talks about in Matthew six. You know, they're being very loud about different things, and they're waiting for the next issue to come up so that they can come out and promote themselves as more holy or present themselves as wise in in the community's eyes and it's what they would do they'd be waiting they'd be waiting for the opportunity to, like for you know basically some uh soundbite of you know what jesus was talking about mm-hmm. or uh, a moment of a miracle or things like that they would be lurking you know waiting for a moment for someone to do something that seemed a little bit off in their mind so Mm-hmm. Don't be a Pharisee. <laughs> in that sense, yeah, don't be a Pharisee just waiting for the opportunity to, to pounce on someone or flex that spiritual knowledge and be mm-hmm. like, you know what? You know what's really going on in your life, Jimmy? <laughs> spiritual warfare. <laughs> Why don't you come take my seminar yeah. this weekend? I'll walk you through yeah. it. It's weird, you know? So bring up spiritual... I don't think we should shy away from conversations like that, but we don't need to obsessively try and bring them up um, for the sake of making it happen. Let, let the spirit... Of, of God make that happen. I know we're all mm-hmm. over with this conversation, but now we're going to bring it down to the the more specific levels sure. of your life, which is, you know, the applicational side of spiritual warfare. We could spend probably months just talking about spiritual warfare. So mm-hmm. I get that this is a general, very general topic, and, and we'll have to go in depth later for sure. Yeah. But for those who are... Let's say you guys are content creators. You make music, you paint, you draw, mm-hmm. you you craft sermons, you you know, you're an online streamer, whatever kind of content you would say you're creating. You're a woodworker. When it comes to content creation, okay? Sometimes a question I've gotten on my YouTube channel as regards spiritual warfare. Sure. And this is not just for those who are creating content, but for those of you that are enjoying content mm. and absorbing content. Which is all, all of, of us. you, every one of you listening, <laughs> all of us. you're digesting content on some level. Mm-hmm. Okay, so don't deny it. Even above if you're opening ministry, no. above reproach <laughs> ministry. When it comes to protecting our eyes and our ears, here's a question I got: uh, Is it opening a door to demons in your life if you see uh, demonic, evil images or media music? For instance, there are some YouTubers, Christian YouTubers, yeah. who will use eye-catching pictures to grab the attention mm-hmm. of the scroller and the listener mm-hmm. and they'll use like these over-the-top demonic images to get a point across right um should they stop using that material should should we speak up and encourage them uh to rethink their outreach methods um should we just not follow them anymore mm-hmm. even when it comes to like i know there are some churches especially in america who just want to use the shock factor to get more people into mm. the church. So they'll say like, Hey, 
everyone invite one person this Sunday. Mm-hmm. We got something spectacular. And it's this over the top, like we're trying to get a message across, but mm-hmm. maybe our medium was wrong. Maybe we actually inadvertently caused temptation for people and didn't think about that mm-hmm. and created this obstacle that created spiritual warfare in their life. Now they're waging war with the flesh while they're coming to service, yeah. trying not to lust, trying not to be jealous or envious. But we're, you know, so how should we think about the small ways that even our content can be aggravating mm-hmm. spiritual warfare unnecessarily in our life. Yeah. Um, and I would say for, for those that are creating content specifically, be careful about what you are putting in the eyes or the ears of those mm. who God has entrusted to you to lead. Uh, if you're a voice in someone's life... Don't just excuse it and be like, well, this is actually happening. Just because it's actually going on in the world doesn't mean people actually need to see it. Mm. Maybe you can just talk about it. Or maybe just because it's actually happening doesn't mean people need to actually know about it. You can just address the topic that that fits under. For instance, what happened uh, at the Grammys or something like that. You can just address the idea of how the enemy presents himself as an, an angel of light mm-hmm. and bring that in instead of like throwing these demonic images in people's faces yeah. that, that emotionally cause and mentally cause them to stumble. Mm-hmm. Think about the people that God has put in front of you mm-hmm. uh, to lead and to care for and, and to teach and just be very careful yeah. about justifying things that are obstacles to people sure. in the name of, well, don't worry, I'm going to use this t- as a platform to the gospel. Yeah. Be very careful. Mm-hmm. about the medium you choose. What would you say? Yeah, and you also have to understand that like more than you understand your audience is broad when you're a content creator. Like people will see like from any age, from any context, from anything like so I just think of the youngest person that might subscribe to me or the youngest person that follows me or things like that. Like if you're like specifically um, like if it's a YouTube thumbnail or something like that and it's pretty like edgy, right? Like it's, I mean, it's, it's eye catching, it's eye grabbing and you know, things like that. But you know, it might not be good for a younger audience to see, or like you said, like with the Grammys or things like that, am I going to show the clip? Maybe, maybe not because it's pretty disturbing, right? So you have to be careful. There is definitely a border you have to create. There is a fine line um, that you have to not necessarily create. You have to watch out for. Um, you have to evaluate that fine line and be discerning about it. Like because you have to when you're when you're approaching these things, you have to make sure that it's based off of. God's will for you to create this thing and to move forward in and glorifying him through it. So is it glorifying to God? Will it cause other people to stumble? You have to make sure that you're, you know, following on that line. Paul says, uh, all things are, uh, what's it called? Uh, available, but not all things are profitable or beneficial. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the term, yeah. but it's a scripture. I, I promise I'm not making <laughs> that up. It's not in the book of Mormon. Like Paul actually yeah. says, uh, all things are permissible. But not all things are helpful. Yeah. And so anyone can justify anything and slap Jesus' sure. name on that. This is for the kingdom. Yeah. Be very careful uh, for those of you that are building an audience or crafting mm-hmm. stuff that other people are going to enjoy or presenting yeah. a sermon. A lot of creators want to shock their people into listening to them. Mm. A lot of people want to disturb their audience into receiving what they have to say. You don't. You can remove that 
instead of shocking them into a mode of, I will listen to this man because mm-hmm. he just re- unveiled this deep mystery I never saw and I'm disturbed. But instead of doing that, like just touch on what's going on and, and think about how you're presenting that. That's all I'm saying. And for those of you that yeah. are, every one of you is a content uh, digester, yeah. every one of you, be very careful about the things mm-hmm. you listen to especially on a continual basis. Mm. It's like continual water dripping. If water, what's it called? If it like falls on you long enough and start to be real annoying and same with like water torture. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to get at. That's what the enemy likes to do is a sort of, uh, what's it called? Uh, make you not recognize the spiritual nature of what you're listening to anymore. Mm. Uh, he desensitizes you to it. Yeah. And some of you are, are very desensitized to things that should bother you, mm-hmm. um, things that you're watching, things that you're listening to, normalizing it, even bringing your kids into it and your and your family. And that's what makes this a family movie. Mm-hmm. Be very careful about the doors because there are those who like over-demonize everything. And sure. It's like everything's a devil. And then there are those that just uh, downplay the spiritual realm entirely. And mm. they're, they're Christians, sure. but they're so naturally focused, mm-hmm. focused on the natural and the world and the world around us that they're like, this this show, this song, this artist, this concert, this yeah. video game, yeah. it's not going to open doors for demons. Stop being a demon hunter. No, we're trying to mm. help you understand that there are ways that yeah. the enemy gets a foothold into your life. And it might not be sending a demon or a legion of them, mm-hmm. but it could be aggravating your flesh towards a habit you kicked years ago mm. and re- resurrecting an addiction through a small show that God told you to stop watching. But you kept going because it's yeah. my, it's, I'm getting time with my wife. I don't think that's worth You can spend time with your wife doing something that doesn't provoke your flesh. Sure. Right? Yeah. Let me give an example. Like one thing I just thought of is like, say... I were to create a Christian movie, quote unquote Christian movie, right? And what I wanted to tell the story about was Christian persecution, right? Uh, whether it's past or present. Um, am I going to physically like film this horrific scene of this person getting either murdered or tortured? Like that might not be the best thing. You might have the best intentions behind it, right? To show that there's persecution in the church and what people face standing up for their faith is rough, right? Those are all good things, right? But in the manner of showing or projecting it might not be the best way of doing it. So the way that I could do it then is I could, um, I could hint towards what would be happening to that person, or I could hint towards not necessarily showing it or visualizing it and planting those you know, visuals in people's minds or things like that. That's just an example I thought about because when you are creating content, again, like I said, you're, you're praying about that fine line. You are trying to discern what is best for you. You're seeking Jesus and you're like, okay, I understand this is a big problem. I understand that this is a big issue, but in the way that I project it, it needs to be fruitful. It needs to be in a manner that's glorifying to God. So you got to be careful with what you put out there. We shouldn't, we should let you guys know that we're not saying walk on eggshells and sure. be terrified of putting anything out there. Because what if this? All I'm saying is be prayerful and discerning about the kind of thumbnails you create, about yeah. the videos you create, about the media you're putting in front of the eyes of your followers, or if you have a platform in any capacity. Mm-hmm. If you're a parent 
and you're discipling your kids, if you're a pastor and you're leading a church, be very mindful, not just about what you're saying, but how you're saying it yeah. and the medium through which you're distributing that good message, right? But it can be lost in translation because someone walks away just thinking about the horrid thing that was said mm-hmm. or the horrid way it was presented. So if you're a leader, for example, I would encourage you, and a lot of you are, like your parents trying to lead your kids, mm. you're in you know, administration at school, you're leading whatever it is at church, small groups. Don't overemphasize spiritual warfare and become a demon hunter, like we sure. said. But also the other extreme is don't minimize it and become mm. oblivious. Don't be in denial. Don't live in this superficial, worldly kind of mm-hmm. fantasy land where no demons ever come in because I am Christ. And yes, you can't be possessed, but the spiritual forces, whether it be the, the, the flesh, whether it be, because I, I think there's a spiritual element to the flesh itself in terms of being at odds with the spirit. Mm-hmm. Not in, We could talk about that later, but I believe that the flesh, the world, demons, the kingdom of darkness, the people who are against God are all against the people of God. Like mm-hmm. we have a lot of enemies who are smart, who are crafty, who have agendas, who strategize, yeah. and they, they want to know how they can find a foothold into your life and rob you of mm. the fullest life God has for you this side of heaven. So don't minimize it. I've seen people do that where they they were in hyper charismatic circles and so instead of finding an in-between where it's like, well, not everything is a demon, yeah. but that doesn't mean nothing is. Or not mm-hmm. everything is spiritual warfare, but that doesn't mean nothing is. Instead of finding a balance, they swing to this other extreme mm-hmm. of whatever you might call it, and they deny any anything in their life as carrying a demonic spiritual element to it. Because mm-hmm. I'm Christ, and God wouldn't this, and I read scripture like this, and just be careful about what you allow into your house and congregation and and even the, the business God has entrusted to you and the posters you're putting on the walls and the music you let play on the speakers of your employees. Yeah. All of that plays a role in, again, either feeding the spirit or feeding the flesh, mm-hmm. which in either case yeah. is spiritual warfare. You're pushing against the flesh and the kingdom of darkness's agenda or you're pushing against... You know, whether inadvertently or intentionally, mm-hmm. you're pushing against the kingdom of God and his yeah. agenda uh, by aggravating and provoking the flesh. Why would we, you know, do that? So be careful. Yeah, don't be ignorant in your role as a leader to the issues that could be going on or the possibilities of what could be happening. Because it could be a demon. It could be, you know, the extreme um, that, you know, might be unforeseen. There's there's issues that are going on in your context, whether it's the home, whether it's the church, you know, whether it's your, in your content creation, you know, that you might be missing out on because you're being ignorant to it. So, you know, open your mind to the possibilities. Be prayerful, you know, just keep, you know, praying and, and um, also just be honest. I would say that, too. I think that that's a big, a big thing within your context is being honest with whoever you're leading with. I think that that's important because... Yes, we should have these conversations. Yes, you know, there's a time and place for them, um, which also means that, you know, you're having these honest conversations about spiritual warfare within your context. Yeah, have the conversations. Um, My son is going to be six in March, and he knows that demons are real. Hmm. I'm not going to shield him from that and lie to him and let him live in delusion. Uh, For instance... 
I've being in ministry for a number of years, you deal with a lot of students who have depression, mm-hmm. who are suicidal, right? And so there are some times where it's like this is clinical, medical, treatable with mm-hmm. you know physical means. Other times, it's like there is such strong evidence in a number of ways that there is an evil spirit mm-hmm. behind this person, and they're oppressed. Yeah, they might not; they're not possessed because they're a believer, right? Sure. Or maybe they're not a believer and they're just coming to youth group, and they are actually being in, indwelt by unclean spirits. Yeah, we. I don't always assume a demon's behind something, but I am open to the possibility of there being a spiritual solution to this if it's a spiritual problem. No matter what Mm -hmm. I'm going to pray, no matter what I'm going to counsel, I'm going to use the word of God. I'm going to ask the spirit to guide that conversation with them. But I'm not just always going to go, here's a number of pills for you to take. I think there's a place Mm -hmm. for that. But when you restrict every issue and problem in the human mm-hmm. life down to something that can be solved by a set of pills, mm-hmm. you might be missing like a real opportunity to solve that in a spiritual long-term way yeah. through prayer and fasting and actually like praying that God would remove whatever unclean spirit is behind this mm-hmm. person or situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, parents, this is kind of where we, we, we pivot to you guys. Um, we are all called to armor up. Mm-hmm. All of us, leaders, content creators, all believers are called to armor up. Whatever sphere of influence you have and job you have, you know, in the body. But parents specifically, you really need to take seriously the idea that on a daily basis, not only is it helpful for you, but your kids and your spouse and those you're going to come in contact with, uh, in some sense, kind of are depending on you to armor up. Mm-hmm. And so the question becomes, how do we practically put on the armor of God in our everyday life mm. when we gather with other believers? How about in our homes with our families? You stay-at-home moms that yeah. have a couple of what you would like to call demon children sometimes because of the way they <laughs> act. I didn't say it. You say it under your breath when they're not, when they're not listening, mm-hmm. right? And so you have that working all day, every day in your homes, and you're like, what do mm-hmm. I, how do I guard against spiritual mm-hmm. warfare? Spiritual warfare can be aggression toward your kids. Spiritual yeah. warfare can be giving into impatience and losing your temper and wanting to give up and walk away and just giving them over to whatever you know is bad for them and, you know, all these different ways. So how do we armor up? And when you go to Ephesians 6, mm. all the different characteristics of the sword, the peace, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the belt of truth, all of that is just characteristics of Christ. Yep. And so it's essentially saying, just like Colossians says, put on the Lord Jesus. Mm. Choose to submit to the ways of Jesus. Choose yep. to be led by the Spirit into the ways of God. Um, that's a decision you make. Though you might be positionally in Christ, you're like, I am in Jesus. I'm going to yeah. put him on. He's, he's in me. That's fine, but you can still choose. It's, it is your choice daily to choose to submit to his ways mm. and embody those to those around you, or even when you're in, in private and no one's around. So practically, yeah. for you parents, be aware of the fact that the minute your feet hit the floor, it's game time. Mm. And sometimes before your feet hit the floor, it's the minute you wake up, the stress and anxiety of yesterday carries mm. over into the new day. And the depression kicks in again. And the overwhelmingness of being a stay-at-home mom, and maybe even a single mom or single yeah. parent, kicks in. And all the st- stuff you didn't get done yesterday mm-hmm. carries over into today. And you're already starting the day off on the wrong foot, you yeah. have a a call and a need to actively put on the armor before you even get out of bed mm-hmm. and and go, Lord, set my mind on you. Lead me. Like say those words. 
And I, and I promise things will change because you're going to recognize moments throughout your day. You're going to have spiritual perception. Mm. That's that's what we want for you yeah. is spiritual perception to see behind the situation, to see behind the screaming child, to see behind the car accident, to see actually what is going on spiritually behind these things mm. and not just saying these are all purely physical experiences. Yeah. There are ways that even a normal situation at the grocery to- store can impact you on a spiritual level. Yeah. So you need to put on those spiritual glasses before you get out of bed. That's my encouragement. Say, Lord, give me your sight mm. today that I would see opportunities to fight, to pray, to stand strong, and to submit to your leading. What would you say? The best way to fight for those who you are leading is to kneel down in the presence of God primarily. To put yourself in a place where my priority, my intention is to lead this person with everything I have and everything that I can have in the best way possible is by being in the presence of God, being so spiritually formed by my individual walk with God so that I may project God's character through me. Like when I am reflect, I'm called to reflect Christ. I'm called to walk in the steps of of Christ to live a life, you know, that honors him. And if I am to do that in the way that I'm leading, you know, the best way to, you know, to, to push for unity is by being in the presence of God. And so where you're leading, whether it's in the home and it's in church and you're, you're content creating, your goal is to be in the presence of God sitting at his feet. And that's how you overcome the spiritual warfare that's going on in your life. You know, the best way to to kill off spiritual warfare or to at least um, unify in the times where the where the battle is heavy where it's you know intense and it's hard is when you're all coming together and unifying and you're coming together and you're worshiping and you're praising him and you're you're reminding yourself of the goodness that he's already done in your context and so like I've seen the most success. Um, in times of spiritual warfare, because mind you, spiritual warfare doesn't stop just because you're unified or just because you're at peace. It's going to keep coming at you. And so in your home, you know, in your, in your youth group, you know, leadership, you know, wherever it's at that you're leading, being intentional with spending time with Jesus, with one another coming together and being of one mind, being of one spirit, being of one accord it is the best way to diminish problems or issues moving forward in the, in the future. Why? Because you're moving forward with one spirit and one intention for Jesus. Like we've been saying, uh, don't over-spiritualize everything, Yeah, but don't under-spiritualize your life either. Understand that we live in a primarily physical world that has a spiritual realm and dimension behind it. 
Um, and so understand that we are alive in the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit of God. God is Spirit. Uh, we're actually made to be with Him in Spirit. We'll have glorified bodies that match our Spirit. We'll have spiritual redeemed bodies. Mm-hmm. And so our entire existence, though it seems more physical in nature, is actually ultimately and forever more spiritual in nature. So, for instance, uh, for you parents, I know you're looking for like practical step-by-step instructions and helpful tutorials. When I am engaging in a disagreement with my wife and, and my temper starting to flare up or vice versa, not always do I do this, but sometimes I recognize, oh, what's happening here is that there is an opportunity for my flesh to interrupt our relationship, to interrupt what God wants to do in our marriage. Mm. That is spiritual warfare to actually resist the temper, to Mm. resist the impatience, to resist the blaming and the accusations and the self-defense mechanism that I'm fighting against that. That's a Mm -hmm. form of spiritual warfare. When your kids are writhing on the ground screaming because you didn't give them the right ice cream flavor, (laughs) uh, and then your son's over there crying because he doesn't get enough attention while your daughter has all the attention in that moment. When that's happening Mm -hmm. and you're about to melt down and you're you're, you're thinking, you know, packing my bags and just jumping on an airplane right now seems awesome, Um, and then I'll just leave my kids with whatever person Mm -hmm. wants to come in and take care of them. In that moment... You have the choice to let your your imagination get get the best of you and your anxieties and give in to that overwhelmedness kind of pressure, or you can choose, Lord, like you said, mm. I want to see this situation through spiritual eyes, and and we're, we are saying that spiritual warfare to engage in spiritual warfare effectively at your church on Sunday, at your small group barbecue, at your house, wherever there is opportunity to give in to the flesh. We are saying you need God's vision, mm. but we also are saying that you need God's presence. So it's not so much God help me just to see what's happening here. It's God help me to be aware that you are present yeah. and uh, help me to invite you into this the right way yeah. so that what I'm seeing, I'm involving you in and I'm aware, okay, I have a good and loving father mm. who will give me the power and the strength by his spirit to fight against what's happening or to resist the enemy in this situation or to not let my flesh get the best of me and to not push them away like I always do. So, you know, spiritual warfare, I would say, is likened to um, when Cain is about to kill Abel, like Mm -hmm. you do on a Sunday morning. He's just looking Mm -hmm. at his brother after he got got God's approval and I'm Cain and Mm -hmm. I stink. Mm -hmm. And God's going, hey, buddy. Sin is crouching at the door. It mm-hmm. wants to consume you. Its desire is contrary to you. Yeah. Um, you gotta fight that. You gotta fight that. Yeah. And he chooses not to, but I, I think of it like that. Every moment, I don't want to like make you some overanalyzing individual where you're like, every second of my life, spiritual warfare, but mm. technically, every moment of my life, I can choose to give into the flesh or give into the spirit. Yep. You have to ask yourself, what are you surrounding yourself with? Is it feeding... Mm the inner man, the mm. spiritual you, or is it feeding your flesh? You can choose to make the battle easier. I'm not saying that ultimately means it's never going to be difficult, but you can choose to like make it unnecessarily heavy or mm-hmm. to not make it heavier on yourself by just removing yourself from certain people yeah. or situations or environments or shows or artists that you've listened to since you were 13 and it got you through depression you know, and, and well, now it's time to move on mm-hmm. because those words and lyrics are actually more destructive than they are helpful. Um, that kind of thing. Be mindful of what you allow in your house, especially as a parent who has kids. 
um, mm. and what they're listening to and watching and seeing as they pass by in the kitchen, you watching. Be very careful what games you play on your phone and all that stuff. Yeah. Be very careful. Jason, I want I want to attack what you were kind of talking about. When, yeah, uh, when you're, I guess, more uh, lean into what you were saying is, I guess, the better word. No, but, attack it. Yeah, attack it. <laughs> um, when you were talking about um, the difference between, like, well, not never necessarily a difference, but the, the necessity of having God's vision and presence, it brought me back to Moses when he struck the rock out of anger. Would he have done that if he recognized God's presence in that situation? Probably not. Um, he had God's vision, sure, and direction, right? Um, but his anger, his flesh, probably over, you know, came him in that situation, right? There's plenty of situations like that in Scripture. Totally, he knew what to do. Yeah, and and it, in any given situation, we know what to do, mm-hmm. which is to call upon the Lord and ask for help or wisdom or strength or whatever it is. Like, help me submit to your Spirit. We just don't always do it. Sure, we're too. Maybe we think we're too weak to cry out for help. I'm just exhausted. I'm going to put my hands up and let the flesh have its way with me. Don't. And I keep saying be careful because Peter himself says be Mm sober-minded. The enemy prowls around like a roaring lion. He ain't actually anything of of substance. Mm. He's under your feet. But at the same time, he wants to present himself as, you know, this unstoppable force in your Mm -hmm. life and you won't break this addiction. And even those thoughts of I won't break this addiction, that's Mm -hmm. a form of spiritual warfare that Mm -hmm. starts in the mind. And what starts in the mind eventually comes out through the life, mm-hmm. and it's going to touch the people around you, at your house, at your job, at your church, yeah. in your ministry. So be careful about what you're meditating on, what you're uh, digesting on a daily basis, what you're allowing to kind of, I guess, have residency in your in your in your mind. Be careful yeah. about that because everyone who's listening to this knows when I say spiritual warfare. You have a scenario that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. You have an experience that comes to mind where you failed, one where you succeeded. You have an idea of what spiritual warfare is. So I don't think we need to qualify that and define it as much. We're just trying to present some helpful, I guess, uh, steps and Mm -hmm. biblical tips and wisdom Mm -hmm. when it comes to actually engaging in spiritual warfare. Because you can put the shield down or you can take it up. Mm. It's not like the fight stops just because you put your shield down. It's actually that you've just opened yourself up to a whole world of trouble Mm -hmm. by choosing not to fight anymore and give in to whatever it is and, you know, walk away from God for a season or what have you. Mm -hmm. So kind of like a closing question, how does spiritual warfare relate to our personal um, life and ministry, um, uh, the platform God has given us or the sphere of influence we have? How does spiritual warfare relate essentially to our interpersonal relationships with people. Hmm. Um, And I would say that, like what Tanner said, you are the best vessel, the Mm -hmm. best human being for someone else when you are being led by the Spirit, when you are most like Jesus. You are the best human being for them. When you're not, when you're being led by the flesh, when you're thinking worldly, when you're giving in to when you're losing ground in the mind and letting the enemy take back ground, you're actually not as helpful to the people God wants to put you around yeah. and bless and encourage and strengthen. Yeah. And so I would say like my awareness of spiritual war- warfare is necessary. Mm-hmm. I need to be aware mm-hmm. in order to be an effective 
human being and brother and son and father and husband to, to who God has placed in my life. Yeah. Not that I have multiple wives, but the husband <laughs> to the wife God has given me. So it's not like we can separate spiritual warfare in my yeah. relationships with people. Ultimately, spiritual warfare is an attack yeah. on your relationships with people mm-hmm. and ultimately with God. Not that it can yeah. be taken, but it can be interrupted. It can be distorted yeah. and perverted and and you can miss out on the fullness of what god has yeah. for you so ephesians 6 teaches us how to fight gives us the armor yeah and, and i think too like <laughs> this isn't a podcast of how to avoid spiritual warfare because it's not going to happen <laughs> you know um like in every context that you're in there's going to be some form of spiritual warfare you know uh peter talks about it in his uh both his books uh, first and second Peter, and it's like you know it wages war against your soul. Like it's a literal uh, battle that you have to face each and every day. You know, and every day it comes in different forms and different contexts. So, mm-hmm. I think for me, the one of the hardest times when I have faced spiritual warfare is when it hasn't been discussed or it hasn't been um, something that we've again. I'm going to use the word attacked. Because stop attacking I'm me, so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to offend you. <laughs> but um, when leadership, like in in the leadership context, like when there has been um, unlike discussed or non-discussed, I guess best way to put it, when there hasn't been a discussion about the spiritual warfare that's in our context, and it's kind of just been kind of pushed under the rug right? That's been one of the hardest times because you know it's going on, right? Like you have knowledge of the spiritual warfare that's going on in your context and yet you also know that it's not being discussed about, right? It's not being, um, we're not attacking it um, and going after it and trying to trying to fix the issues that we're, you know, facing as, as leaders. I'm going to name this episode Attack. attack. Just Attack. <laughs> How many times have I like? We need to put an attack count. We need on to give this, you yeah. a gun, and you need a to ding. go attack some yeah. targets or something. So well, Tanner I mean, has his, yeah. his greatest spiritual warfare is the aggression. Yeah. Him. <laughs> when I when you're talking about like the fact that you can live in delusion and yeah. and say spiritual warfare is not happening, yeah, you can close your eyes; it doesn't make it go away. Mm-hmm. It's still happening. Mm-hmm. Um, the the problem is spiritual warfare when it comes to the things in our life. That's usually last on the list as like a possible reason for what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you know, I just had the worst day of my life. My car broke down. I lost my job. My kids hate me. Spiritual warfare is the last thing on the list. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it starts with me and there's nowhere, there's no spiritual element to it. When I think we as Christians need to evaluate everything and test everything against the scripture. Yeah. And ultimately, like, I'm not saying call everything a spiritual battle and mm-hmm. spiritual warfare, but be open to the fact that that might it might be wise to consider that as the first likely option mm-hmm. that what's happening around me in my marriage in my house in my neighborhood at my job in mm-hmm. my in my mental health is a form of spiritual warfare yeah and when you don't live in delusion you can actually address the real problem mm-hmm. and not just band-aid it yeah and go, I should just go to the doctor again. Mm-hmm. Again, we're not saying everything is spiritual warfare, but if indeed your flesh doesn't take a break, mm-hmm. if indeed the world didn't take a break, if indeed the enemy is not taking a break, mm-hmm. then I don't think we should ever uh, 
assume that what's happening right now couldn't possibly be spiritual mm. warfare. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's just what I would say is wake up each day understanding you're going to war. Mm. Christianity, following Jesus, however you want to qualify it, it is signing up for warfare. And of course, mm-hmm. the battle's won. The war is won. Mm-hmm. Even in my daily losses, and oh, I gave into the flesh there. Yeah. God, my wife probably hates me now. I mm. should probably just go and you know leave her. Yeah. That kind of thing. Just understand that even in the midst of our small failures, the, the battle is won. Yeah. So we're not fighting from a, for a victory. We're fighting from a place of victory. And when you engage in warfare like that, and you're like, wow, I'm on the side of an unstoppable king who mm. won the war. He decided the fate of it all. It's, it's, it's finished. The book yeah. is written. I'm on his side. We win. Then like these, these big old battles that seem like un, mm-hmm. insurmountable become doable. Yeah. It's like, I can break that addiction. Yeah. I can stop going to work with that mentality. I can stop getting around people who encourage my, my drug abuse and yeah. giving back into that. I, I can, by the Spirit of God, mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. But it requires you to lean on the Spirit, not yep. just have His eyes, not just be aware of His presence, but to actually lean in mm. and rely on Him. Yeah, let me let me encourage the listener with this. Your spiritual warfare, you know, the spiritual warfare that you are facing is not a failure. Like, <laughs> you're going to face spiritual warfare. It's not necessarily a punishment from God. It talks about in that about that in James, right? Um what you're facing, the best way to face it is by leaning on the spirit. It says where the spirit of the Lord is there's liberty, there's freedom. In my context, when I can individually on a on a personal level lean into this spirit and then also, you know, in a group setting, um, in that standpoint, be able to lean into the spirit, you're able to attack. You're able to face these issues um, with a better mind and heart um, without feeling so discouraged to the point that you're just, you know, wanting to give up. And I think when we face certain spiritual warfare issues, like when spiritual warfare is like heavy in our lives, we view it as failure. When actually like some of the times um, where I faced like a very, very heavy spiritual warfare in my life is when you know, my congregation, like in my congregational um, setting or in my ministry setting, like we were unified. Like we were, mm-hmm. we were uh, what you would view as successful in this world um, and what we were doing in ministry. Like, you know, the ministry's thriving at home. It's thriving. Like all these different things are thriving, but spiritual warfare felt the heaviest. And it's not because I was failing in life. Like it wasn't because I was just, you know, miserable. Like things were actually going great. And I think, uh, we can get caught off guard when when we're facing those issues because sometimes we point it back to well it, am I being punished by God like am I am I being punished because I'm doing something wrong no I I think that's the wrong mindset I think the way to look at it is the devil is going to attack you either way and I think when you are actually leaning into the spirit more is when Satan wants to stop you from doing the thing that you're trying to do and yep. you know I think even like in the the most uh, ordinary thing that you're doing. If you are trying to strive for Jesus and glorify him and things are going great, you might be facing the strongest spiritual warfare in your life. And it's not because you're a failure or because you've done something wrong and God's trying to punish you. It's actually, I mean, it might just be because you're doing what God is calling you to do. 
and it's just going to happen. That's the way spiritual warfare works and operates. Yeah. If you're going to church, don't think you're not going into warfare. Mm -hmm. If you're going to Bible study, if you're going to worship, if you're going to gather with other believers, don't think you're not going into warfare. Mm -hmm. You are. Um, We think like, uh, the devil's like, well, they're gathering. I can't bother them there. It's disrespectful. I'm not a savage. <laughs> he, he he actually might attack more when your gathering yeah. means something of eternal value. Mm-hmm. He might attack more knowing that there's encouragement and something for you there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, to close this all out, don't downplay spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. but don't assume that there's a demon behind everything in your life. Yeah. Just be open to... Uh, God giving you spiritual perception. I think the best story to close this out was when Elisha, he's the he's the man. Mm-hmm. He is awesome. Mm-hmm. I want to just be friends with him on Facebook. Elisha, <laughs> when he's going out and there's there's an army that has surrounded the city that he's in, he has a servant, I think it's Gehazi. And they go out, and Gehazi, I believe is his name, correct me if I'm wrong, all mm. you theologians out there, <laughs> and he goes, oh my gosh, Elijah, we're dead. And Elisha goes, <laughs> oh, my guy, God opened his eyes. Mm. And then Gehazi's eyes are opened, and he sees in the mountains all surrounding the, the, the mm. enemy army are these chariots of fire and mm. angels. And, and he goes, oh, we're, we won. Mm. And Elisha goes, that's, that's right, buddy. You see it. You, yeah. So there's, there's just this need to see not just the battle is already won, yeah. not just who's with me, not just the spirit that is uh, you know, empowering me to fight and the truth that's right there, mm-hmm. I can pick it up. But man, we just need to see what God sees. Yeah. The spiritual warfare is an invitation to ask God for his vantage point. Mm. It is. In, in, in every situation you guys are facing, some of you have, have counted yourselves out. Some of you have just decided, I'm going to take an L here. Mm. Some of you decided, this is over for me. I'm done. I'm cutting my losses. I'll never get over this. This will never. And stop. J- Michael Jordan, just stop. <laughs> just stop it. Get some help. Get some help. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, because we love you, there's yeah. more for you. Yeah. This is not, spiritual warfare wants to cripple you and make you think, this is all there is for your life. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's eternal life. There's victory. There's the presence of God. Ask him for his vantage point. And I think that's all we want to say about spiritual warfare. If if this has been a, um, a conversation that encourages you and whets your appetite for more, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to encourage you to reach out to us. We don't have like an Instagram that's above reproach church podcast, but you can find either of us on Instagram. Uh, you can hit us up on AboveReproachMinistry.com. You can email. You can all these different ways. Just contact us and let us know, hey, that podcast on spiritual warfare, I want more. Yeah. Uh, just to let us know that, okay, this is worth a, you know going into detail on and mm-hmm. having make more episodes on. Sure. Because there's a lot more we could say. This was just a more general episode on spiritual warfare mm-hmm. that we thought would be helpful when it comes to thinking as a local church, as the people of God as those of us who think our lives are so ordinary, but they're not. Mm-hmm. So um, don't forget to review and rate this podcast wherever you listen. Don't forget to let us know this was of value to you. If mm-hmm. it was, don't make it up. Our feelings won't be hurt. Okay? I promise. Nope. I promise. Um, and also, what was the other thing? It was rate it and share this. Mm-hmm. And share this with people who, you know, those people that you know are like, 
they aren't open to the possibility of spiritual war. They're mm. believers. They believe in Jesus, but it's like they are in delusion. It's yeah. a terrible place to be because you're vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy yeah. when you disregard the fact that he is, in effect, attacking. So if this was helpful, again, rate, share, hit us up, let us know this was valuable, and we'd love to hear from you guys. All right? I think that's it. See ya. Bye, guys. Hey, thanks for listening to today's Above Reproach Church podcast. If you've benefited from this content or this ministry in any way, there are a number of ways you can support what we're doing to help people move towards Jesus. We're completely funded by generous supporters like you, so if you'd like to partner with us financially, you can head to abovereproachministry.com slash donate, and you can give through debit or credit card. You can give through PayPal. Venmo, Patreon, or even just mail a check to P.O. Box 338, Green Cove Springs, Florida 32043. Or grab some of our church merch to represent Jesus on your body wherever you go. Either way, while you're on the website, check out all of our free resources, our online church, my book Fruitful, as well as everything else going on in our online ministry. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep moving towards Jesus.